Well, thank you so much and good evening, ACB. I'd like to thank everyone for joining this live community event, which is also our advocacy update to debut our first legislative imperative. I'm Clark Rockfall, the Director of Advocacy and Governmental Affairs for the American Council of the Blind, and I am joined by... And I am Swatha Nanda Kumar, ACB Advocacy and Outreach Specialist. And a big thank you to everyone who's joining us tonight in Zoom, as well as those listening in Clubhouse and streaming on ACB Media. You can always visit the ACB website to learn more and, yes, uh, still register for the ACB DC Leadership Conference. Registration closes on February 28th. Uh, if you have advocacy questions, you can email Swatha and me at advocacy at acb.org. We will now share ACB's legislative imperative, the Exercise and Fitness for All Act, and to give an overview of this legislative imperative, we yeah, have Swatha so Nandakumar. Thank you, Clark. Um, so this imperative was an imperative was one of our imperatives last year. So it's not only that new, but um, it's new Congress. So we will get we will push for it to be introduced again. Um, so this bit this bill on fitness for all act would um, require the access. The U.S. Access Board, which is a, um, a governing body that sets guidelines for accessibility, um, to publish guidelines that would require um, the number, like that require gyms and other 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 facilities to have a certain number of accessible gym equipment, so like cardio equipment, weights, and all that, um, and um, it would also set standards for classes. So, classes that you want to take, um, it will now have um, a, a instructor who is qualified or has been trained in teaching a blind, a blind or low vision um, individual. And this bill would also ensure that um, or, um, that there is at least one staff member that's present at the gym or facility that um, is trained and equipped to help out a or to assist a blind or low vision um, individual use um, equipment or take a class. So this bill was introduced last year, or not last year, last Congress in 2021 by um, Senator Duckworth from Illinois in the Senate and Representative Desolnier from, the, from um, California in the House. So, Clark, do you want to give an overview of what, what, what this will mean for um, our efforts? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Swatha. And yes, I, I've been with ACB just a little over four years now. And one of the issues that I have heard about and many folks in ACB have discussed is the need for more accessibility when it comes to health and wellness broadly. Uh, we certainly heard about that over the past two years throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, and that has helped spur on ACB's Get Up and Get Moving campaign. Well, the, the Get Up and Get Moving campaign 
is now a committee. We also have a mental health and wellness committee. So ACB is is really taking the initiative here to make programmatic changes uh, to our organization to emphasize our focus on accessible health and wellness. Yeah, so what this means for members is that um, we all know that blind and illusion people are more um, kind of, they are more likely um, to experience um, like comorbid, like other other conditions that in, in, in addition to vision loss or um, blindness. Um, and, you know, diabetes is one of the leading causes of blindness for working, working adults. Um, so because of that, we know that we have, um, we know and the CDC knows that exercise and fitness is important for every, for health and for wellness. Um, especially for our, our population, 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 population. Um, so in that, um, we, we all know it's important for health and for our, well, for our well-being, but um, we know, we also know that this is not, exercise is not always possible for us. It's not always um, easy for us to do work, for us to like, it's not, we, we, we can't walk, walk outside and take a walk because sometimes the streets are not, our sidewalks are not um, safe or they're not complete or um, you can't literally navigate that with your cane and with the guide dog or just being disabled. Um, so kind of because of that, um, we need equipment so that we can take, care, take charge of our, our, our own health and well-being um, and be able to care for ourselves and um, exist independently. It's, it's very important. So. That's right, Swatha. So that's what it means for, for our members. Uh, what does this mean for manufacturers and gyms and fitness providers? Well, it means that manufacturers would have to produce their equipment so that it could be independently accessible to people with disabilities. Now, some manufacturers may say that, well, that's, you know, that's too hard. That can't be done. Uh, however, we know that that's not the case. Why does why do we know that at ACB? Because we have worked with several leading equipment manufacturers over the past few years to do exactly that. Whether it's uh, Peloton or Concept2, there are companies that are making their equipment accessible out of the box. Uh, they can do this by adding a tactile user interface, by adding audio output, uh, by allowing people with disabilities to program the equipment, as well as receive feedback from the equipment. What does this mean for gyms and fitness center or facilities? It means that they will have to purchase and install accessible equipment to make it available for people with disabilities. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, no, no fitness center, no hotel will ever do that. Well, we already have a commitment from Planet Fitness, one of the largest gyms in the world, uh, with more than 2,000 locations in the United States, to do exactly that. So at ACB and the Coalition for Inclusive Fitness, 
have uh, reached an agreement with Planet Fitness that once this equipment's available, they will purchase and install it in their facilities. This legislation would ensure that all facilities, uh, gyms, fitness centers, have accessible equipment for people who are blind and low vision and people who are disabled. And finally, this means that accessibility won't just stop at the door, the ramp, the electric door, the elevator, or the zero entry shower. This means that people who are blind and low vision will be able to access not only the physical structure of a gym or fitness facility, but the class instruction and the equipment as well. Yeah, so we we know that we know you know this can be done, and we just have to get Congress to, to pass this kind of legislation or once introduced. So what we're asking for you all to do is at legislative seminar um, after our after our virtual portion and it, and our conference is over, um, we will have a hill day or several. Um, you know, me on the hill. You you will, and we ask that you. Talk to your talk to your congressman about this. Talk to your senator about this. Tell them what it means for you to be able to be able to walk to a gym and use the equipment or take a class. What it means for you and your health and, and your health well being. What it, and what it means for the the community broadly. And and kind of emphasize what or why this bill is important. The important is important to you and to the entire community. Um. So. Once you meet with your senator or representative on the Hill, um, we'll also ask, ask, ask that you fill out a Hill visit feedback form or the feedback survey and tell us how your meeting went with your meeting went and um, tell us where the, whether, 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 whether Congress was, was engaged or whether um, they kind of committed to, commit, commit, commit to anything with, with regards to the bill. So after that, um, please email the form or send us a survey at advocacy at acd.org, and we will follow up with that with that member of Congress if need be. Thank you so much, Swatha, and thank you to everyone uh, joining us for an overview of the Exercise and Fitness for All Act. All right, at, at this point, we'd like to open it up to questions from our audience. Um, and then following any questions, if we can clarify any of the information that's been presented thus far, then we may have some time to do some role playing for folks who are interested to speak with uh, Representative Nanda Kumar from the state of Illinois. Uh, regarding the exercise and fitness for all act, or Senator Rack or Senator Rackfall from Maryland. <laughs> Do we have a, a host who's able to? Yes. If we have Can any you... questions from the audience, yes, we do have a couple questions. Uh, first, let me. It just jumped on me. Is a phone number four zero seven ending in one six three. Hi, Clark and Swath. It's Leslie. Good Hi, Leslie. evening. Hey, guys. Great, great presentation. This this bill is very near and dear to me. <laughs> so, um, yay that we're doing it again. Um, 
you know, yay to Planet Fitness. So, um, you know, I hope this happens. And, and sometimes I, I hope that all of us can go into a facility and, and go to a class and just inundate a class with all low vision and blind individuals and, and be able to take the class and, and work out on the treadmills and do the ellipticals. I, I mean, I look forward to the day that this really happens. So thank you to both of you. Um, I'm advocating the, uh, for this uh, strongly. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, real quick, quick, Clark, we were in St. Louis in the gym in over December, and there was a Peloton treadmill, and it was accessible, and I was very happy. So thank you for all your hard work. So. Awesome. Leslie, as a as an avid uh, fitness junkie, but also a professional in this space, I mean, what help us as though you were talking to your member of Congress? Uh, can you explain what this would mean to you to have all of this equipment to be accessible? Why is this so important? Well, it's so important, like what you all have said before, the mental health health part of it the endorphins that kick in, the feeling, I'll say, quote, normal. Um, you know, we're all normal, but the quote, feeling normal as as you are, Clark, um, a parallel, parallel, <laughs> you know, been in para, a Paralympian uh, thon person. Um, it's very important to us to just go into a facility and be able to work out to go on the treadmill, the elliptical, or take a class. You know, um, most people want to go to a facility or want to work out uh, and and get the same experience that our sighted peers get, to go in and talk to somebody that's on a treadmill and, and you know, what movie did you see this week or how's it going, you know, what's what's new in your life. So it is very near and dear to me, and I think – the more that we can get out there and advocate for this and get us shown that we do work out and we're not the sedentary bunch of blind and low vision individuals, we, there's a part of us, a lot of, a lot of us that love to work out. Um, and I think that's the part that, that they don't understand and that we need to educate the senators and Congress people about. Yeah, thanks, Leslie. Not, I mean, not only do we want to, but we need to as well, right? Uh, you mentioned right. the mental health yep. benefits, the endorphins, uh, but as, as Swatha mentioned, you know, the the prevalence of diabetes, obesity, high cholesterol, hypertension, uh, high blood pressure in our community, the the rates for all of those diseases are higher for people who are blind and low vision than they are for the general population. And if we have access that, to these tools, we can take charge of our health and combat those those trends. And you know this too, Clark, just and 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 you and I have done this, you know, we've worked out together and and the competitiveness kicks in, you know, so that's the fun part too, going into a facility and saying, Hey, I think I can run faster than you or walk faster than you and, <laughs> and we're all in it together and we're competing, you know, as a friendly competition. That's the fun part, you know? So <laughs> I look forward to the day that we all go into a gym and we, we, we put it up there against the sighted people. So thanks to both of you for all you do. That's right. Thanks, Leslie. All right. Next, we have Sharon. 
Good evening. Hi there. Hi, um, this is Sharon from Massachusetts. And my question is, um, would the expectation be if this legislation passed that you could just walk into a gym and assume that there would be a trainer there or someone that could assist? And the reason I ask that is because I went into a Planet Fitness one time with a friend and there was um, a clerk at the counter, but otherwise it seemed very empty. So I just am not sure what this legislation would have us expect. Well, that is the goal to have a staff member, at least one staff member that's trained in assisting a blind illusion person. Um, but yeah, that's all. Sorry, can I take an answer that? Sure. Yeah, that that is a a consideration that the that the bill requires. Um, but this once passed, this legislation. Uh, would then require uh, rulemakings for accessible equipment from the U.S. Access Board, and then mm-hmm. the excuse me for for guidance to come from the U.S. Access Board, and then that guidance would be turned into regulations by the Department of Justice. And as as an item like this goes through the rulemaking process, it takes into account the size of the facility. Right. Uh, how, okay how old or new the facility is, uh, much like was done with uh, different places of public accommodations and structures under the Americans with Disabilities Act. So it could still be that a small fitness center um, does not have a trained a trained staff member there, right? Um, that That's something that certainly we would advocate that they would all have them. Uh, of course, some some companies or some entities may have different points of view. And that's why we go through the uh, the notice and the comments and reply comment system for uh, the regulatory rulemaking process. Um, but in, a, in an ideal world, yes, there, there would be informed staff available to assist people with disabilities, uh, whether in class settings or with the accessible equipment. Uh, and that that is what we're advocating for with this legislation. Okay, that makes me feel a little better because you know I think a real small facility uh, that would be tough to come by without some prior notice. Mm-hmm. I would think. But, right. But, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, but and yeah. Sharon, you've probably had this experience as well, where if you're going to a gym on a regular basis, staffs you know excited to help you the first time or the first handful of times, right? And then you know they're less attentive going forward. Well, we, we want to make sure that folks can have the assistance they need to get a full the full experience and the full benefits and privileges and advantages of and having... Would, yep. would um, part of this legislation share potential training curriculum so staff would know what to do? So again, I think that's something that would have to uh, come out through the the rulemaking process. Um, okay. Certainly, the the staff would need to be knowledgeable of uh, people with disabilities, as well as the accessibility uh, enhancements of the equipment, so that they'd be able to demonstrate it and assist people with disabilities with it. As as far as the sharing of curriculums, you know, I, I don't know if that would mean that a, a Planet Fitness would have to share their class curriculums with 
you know, publicly or with another facility, but they would need to be able to assist someone with a disability in that uh, in that environment. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Next up, we have Mona. Yeah, uh, this is Mona, and I am in a fairly rural area in southern Oregon. I have been very active at the local YMCA for many years, and it's simply a matter of financing. All our, what we are talking about being enacted, we need to look at getting financing to help some of these areas actually do what we're asking. Thank you for that, uh, Mona. And I, I'd say I I agree in part and I disagree in part. Um, so I, I definitely think that, well, uh, when it comes when it comes to financing, if a if a gym or fitness center is going to have equipment, they have the costs for uh, purchasing and installing that equipment, right? Um, whether that equipment is accessible or not, they have that cost. Um, what we are advocating for is that that equipment has to be accessible. Now, the the current equipment that they have will have a natural life cycle. And uh, the beauty of passing legislation like this and having regulations implemented is it, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. But when your local YMCA then needs to replace or upgrade their equipment, our goal is that there will be accessible options for them to choose from. And by the manufacturers incorporating the accessibility into the products, there shouldn't be additional costs for that equipment uh, you know, to a YMCA. That'll be part of the manufacturing process, just like everything else that they take into consideration. Um, so it, we think that that will keep any cost increases to a minimum. And if uh, if a YMCA is of a of a certain size, or if they have staff available, then that staff needs to be knowledgeable about the equipment they're offering and the classes they're offering to ensure that people with disabilities have equal access to their programming and services. Okay, thank you. Thanks for the question. And, and that's a that's a question that we receive a lot when we're advocating for accessibility. And again, by by ensuring accessibility is part of the design process and available out of the box, that will keep cost increases to a minimum. It's much easier to have it be as a have an accessible treadmill thing and then just didn't go and go into back and go back and buy one or go and find one this um carrier. So all right, next we have Ray. Ray Campbell. From the great state of Illinois. Good evening, Clark. Good evening, Swatha. Hi Ray. Um, hey. Um uh, just a, um, you know, I just want to share with everyone, uh, you know, first of all, from the, the financing thing, they have no problem taking our membership dues, do they? So if they're going to do it, <laughs> my gosh, they can provide us equipment and classes that we can access. So, but um, having said that, um, you know, 
I, and I, I know some of you, some folks out there might be saying, well, you know, I've gone to the club and I've had no problems. I can be accommodated. I can start the treadmill and I know how to do this and that. And, and, and I've been there. Um, I've been fortunate to go through health clubs. But, you, but, but can you do a timed workout on the treadmill? Can you monitor your heart rate? Can you do all the other, these pieces of equipment do a lot of things and we should have access to each and every function of that piece of equipment, just like everybody else does. It's like every other dues paying member of that club does. So I can assure you that we are working to get an appointment in Senator Duckworth's office. And I can assure you that um, we will be uh, taking this uh, to, to them uh, along with Senator Durbin and, uh, uh, our representative, uh, Nikki Budzinski, and um, definitely uh, true. Um, you know, we, and the last thing I want to say, and Leslie was talking about a lot of the benefits of working out, just think how good you feel about yourself after a good workout. You know, you feel so, I mean, I know I get up in the morning early and I exercise and I just feel so much better about myself when I do that. Imagine being able to uh, do that in an accessible way. So uh, definitely want to encourage everybody to advocate as hard as possible for this legislation. It is only, it is something we deserve to have. And uh, it's so, it's easy to do and it can be built in and it needs to be done. That's all I have to say. Thanks, Ray. All right, next we have a phone number, 510, ending in 405. Hi, it's Dirk heard from Berkeley. I think part of our advocacy should be contacting investor relations of these different gyms and saying a, a committee hearing is forthcoming, and please talk about your wonderful uh, accessible equipment or... Uh, say why uh, uh, equipment should not be accessible, but please get ready for congressional hearings. I'm certain that 90% of the gyms across America do not know what's coming in front of them. That's all. Great. Thank you so much. All right. Next, we have Colleen. Hello, can you hear me? Hi, Colleen. Yes. Okay. Um, my question is for you guys talked about Planet Fitness. Um, will that be for once hopefully this passes for like all gyms? I mean, not just Planet Fitness. I mean, I guess, you know, like Wise or like the smaller sure. ones too, like say LA Fitness and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this would this bill or once it's passed, it would apply to all gyms. Um Plan Fitness has just been the first in coming committing to it. So, okay, great. Thank you so yeah. much. And a great question, Colleen. Yes, as Swatha said, so Planet Fitness is uh, just the leader in the space right now. Uh, okay. But in addition to ACB's work of reaching out to gyms, we're also reaching out to hotels. Uh, this is something that we think would not only apply to those or that, that we that as written would not only apply to stand alone fitness centers, but it would 
apply to places that have gyms and fitness centers in them as well. Um, so if anyone's employer or the office building where you work mm -hmm. has a gym or your college or university has a fitness center, it would apply to those settings as well. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Phone number 715 ending in 443. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Can you? Okay. Uh, this is Jennifer Bowen. Um, my question is, um, not it, not if, but when this uh, piece of legislation gets passed, what is the time frame to start seeing things show up within fitness, um, like the wise, wherever? Or like what you said before, do they are they going to wait until it's time for them to update their machine? Do they have a timeline once that they pass? Mm -hmm. Swatha, do you want to take that? Um, sure. Um, so this timeline it was just contingent on when that support in DOJ published guidelines regulations. Um, and as Clark mentioned, there is a there will be um, a notice and comment period. So what that means is that they will put a notice that they're making a rule on, let's say, how many gyms or how what how many um, pieces of piece of equipment a gym will have in it for that's accessible. Um, so then we'll then the public will have time to time to comment on that. And after that comment closes, then all the feedback to an account, and that's when the the the, the rules become rules. So it's really just really dependent on what the agency decide or, or how how long, how quickly they can get things done. Clark, you want anything? Yeah, thanks, Swatha. And I, I apologize, my audio was cutting out a little bit there. Uh, so the the initial creation of the accessibility. Uh, the guidelines, the, the U.S. Access Board has no more than 18 months to do that. And then the Department of Justice has no more than 18 months to turn those guidelines into regulations. Um, so for the regulations to be finalized, we'd be looking at uh, 36 months or three years. That process would likely then have a phase in um, over time. But that's, that's the I guess that's the speed of government, right? Uh, for this for this equipment to be manufactured, and for it to be installed, I'd say that's pretty, pretty realistic. Uh, you know, we mentioned before about a, a product life cycle, and uh, the more stuff gets used, the more it needs to be replaced. So there will be an, a natural um, kind of replacement cycle that occurs at all of these facilities. And once legislation like this gets passed, I think many places will start looking to make their equipment more accessible uh, right away because they'll they'll want to get a leg up on the competition. So uh, much like it is when we look to make uh, technology accessible or expand audio description, 
or improve accessibility for medical devices. It, it's not something that happens overnight. There is a, a, a time period for the wheels and cogs of government to turn. All right, next we have a phone number 508 ending in 613. Good evening. This is Jane Perry calling from Falmouth, Massachusetts, your Cape Cod connection. Good evening, Clark and Swatha. Thank you for the presentation. I'd like to make a comment and then I have a quick clarification. There's a piece of the puzzle when it comes to where gyms are located that you can talk about whether it's a hotel, a workplace, a club, a corporate place like Planet Fitness, and that is the senior centers. In Falmouth, two years ago, we opened a brand new senior center, and they had a gym, but we couldn't find a trainer. So this past fall, they opened the gym, found a trainer. You have to take a one-hour class on a Monday to learn how to use the equipment, and then you can t take the membership and use it as much as we want. So I went to take the class because I've just finished rehab and PT at home. I've been in and out of hospitals and rehabs all last year. And they told me um, you have to be able to use the equipment on your own. So I went to see the director because I used to be on the Council of Aging. And I said, where is my reasonable accommodation? I said, I should be able to use this equipment with someone trying just to help me a little bit. I said, no, you have to be using it independently. So that is my concern with the senior centers because there are a lot of senior centers that do have gyms and we have a brand new gym and all the equipment was donated by New Balance in the Falmouth Road Race. So I hope this pill will get introduced into Congress. And my clarification question is, obviously it has not been introduced yet to this new Congress. So when we speak to our congressmen and our senators, are we supposed to be asking for their support and to co-sponsor this bill? That's my question, and thank you for taking my question. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so this bill has not been reduced yet. So we would want the congressperson or senator to be a lead sponsor or co-sponsor on this bill. So yes, yeah, so them, yes. Yeah, so uh, because the bill, as Fath is saying, because the bill has not been reintroduced uh, to date, and certainly if that changes between now and our legislative seminar, we will have great news to to share with everyone. Uh, but at this time, it has not been reintroduced. So the, the ask is for your member of Congress to, to either contact Senator Duckworth or Representative DeSaulnier and express their support for the legislation um, and seek its reintroduction, or to be a co-sponsor once the bill is, is reintroduced. Uh, the second part of your question regarding senior centers, uh, Swatha, what do you think? Does the bill cover senior centers? It should. I do not see why not. It accommodation. So, I I agree one hundred percent. The senior centers uh, should definitely be covered. And as you are meeting with your senators and representatives, if you have an experience like that, 
where you were told that you need to use a independently and it is not accessible to you and a reasonable accommodation was not provided, that is a great example to share with your senator, to share with your representative about why this legislation is needed. All right, next we have Martin. Hey, Clark. Hi, Sata. Uh, it's Martin Cahill from New York. Um, thank you for the presentation. I was a little late getting on. Um, my, uh, This is uh, like a general question that I have. So um, I did take part in some of the research with Peloton in New York City. I did provide my feedback uh, on their accessible equipment, and it was, it was very impressive. Um, Clark, you, you, you did talk a little bit about the, the wheels of government how how slow they turn um and a number of different product uh, manufacturers like peloton that have already been working on this do, do you think that there may be an opportunity for for this kind of accessible features just built into into regular equipment and it would automatically um as the as the life cycle moves of the equipment in the gyms that that this will get there sooner that's a that's a great question, Martin, and I'm glad that uh, you and other folks from ACB of New York were able to take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, I think through the through the outreach of the American Council of the Blind and all the advocating that uh, members like you and others have been doing, uh, companies are hearing from people with disabilities and many of them are taking more of an interest in adding accessible features to their products. Um, in some cases, it's the accessibility is already there. They may, they may just not have known about it, which sounds funny to say, but I mean, and it, basically everything that Apple makes or that has an Android operating system already has accessibility built in. Um, the manufacturers just need to activate it and code to it to make it usable for people with disabilities. Um, helping uh, educate companies so that we can close that knowledge gap is very important. But also, uh, like one of the, the previous callers mentioned, right, we get the, the question about the cost, right? And many folks may have members in Congress ask about the cost. Well, it's it's going to be so expensive to make this equipment accessible. It's like, well, not really. It's it's already being done. The technology exists. Um, it just needs to become mainstream across the industry. So I think much like we saw accessibility in uh, cell phones and wireless phones before it became mandated, much like we've seen. Uh, some companies making websites more accessible, even though there aren't strict regulations about that. I think there will always be leaders in the industry. And I think that that is helpful for us to be able to point to, to show that this is, we're not asking for pie in the sky here. This is, this is real, it's tangible, and people with disabilities uh, want it and need it. As Rick said, as we are paying for these memberships, as they're taking our money, we need to have access. 
All right, I had asked before Clubhouse, uh, Deb, Nikki, do we have anything in chat or Clubhouse? No, we don't. No, we Clubhouse. don't. All right, Casey, you are next. Um, thank you. Um, I got two interviews set up, one in DC and one on Zoom, and I'm working on a third. But one of my uh, interviews is from a conservative congressman who used to be mine, but we got redistricted. So one of the questions that I see could come up was, okay, if we, if I support your legislation, what is ACB and the Michigan Council and other affiliates, what are you going to do to promote the use of this equipment among your members? I can see that question being asked. You know, yeah. what's our plan? Should we get this passed to move forward and uh, encourage membership to participate uh, using this equipment? Casey, what would what would you tell uh, members in Michigan if we got this passed? I would say that as as president of the, of the Michigan affiliate, I would. Uh, start a campaign of uh, encouraging physical fitness and use of uh, the, the the wise or senior centers or uh, or uh, fitness facilities because uh, I can say from experience that working out and staying in a physical exercise routine is is healthy. It, it is helpful to your mind, body, and spirit, and everything else. And it's how I got through the COVID a lot with with a lot of physical activities and. Um, and also I would encourage people to use it because we need to not be so isolated as a community we, we, and I would, would encourage people to get out into the public. That's what, that's kind of how I would respond. Casey, you're hired. <laughs> <laughs> but I Spot think it's what, a what question would, because we, 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 I got to ask this often when we had the accessible voting machines passed and, you know, I had to go around my affiliate and my chapters and say, hey, you know, we got these machines, use them. And that's the, that's the basis of how I, why I raised the question. Swatha, what would you add to Casey's response there? Um, I would just emphasize your experience, like why exercise fitness is very important for, for you, um, for your members. And um why this is kind of this is groundbreaking and why why it's important to use these things at least at least the other people know these things exist and anytime uh if a member wants to help us get the word out if they want to come join us at our leadership conference or our conference and convention to share the great work that they're doing uh, if they want to learn more about how we advocate and educate even in places like the ACB community here this evening. I mean, we, we have so many opportunities and so many communications channels to help spread the word, um, to give folks the, the tools and resources to be able to advocate for themselves as well as their peers and the broader blindness community. And if we're able to get this legislation passed, uh, and I'm confident that we will we will bring all of our communication channels to bear to screen this from the mountaintops 
that accessible uh, fitness and exercise equipment is coming. And also encourage everyone to use it for those reasons that Casey just outlined. So thank you. Absolutely. All right, we have one hand left here. It is a repeat. Are you taking repeats? I I think we can go ahead and and take a repeat. We're probably nearing the the end here. We've got this, about fifteen minutes. Before yeah, the we're top nearing the, the end here this evening, so we can take a repeat. All right, five oh eight, ending in six one three. Hello. Yes. Hello. Some reason, can you hear me? My my phone just went a little almost dead. Yes. This is Jane mm-hmm. Perry. Yeah, I'm better now. This is Jane Perry from Falmouth again. I just want to reiterate, as you advocate for us going forward to include the senior centers. Um, you know, as we age, you got to keep those bones and muscles keep going. As I was told one time, motion is lotion, and also. For those people who have never gone or spoken to their legislative um, candidates, uh, you put them in office, you make them work for you, and tell them a story, tell them why you think you need to have this done, and, um, you know, I just think it's important. So I thank you for for allowing me to take my call, and uh, it's painless. And I hope you can do some role play, playing so that you can other people can see who are new at this how to do this. Thank well, you. And do we do we still have you or are you back uh, on mute? She's still here. Say that again. Do we were talking to you? Oh, yep, there you are, Jan. Um, so you you have some great senators and representatives there in Massachusetts that are very supportive of. Uh, disability rights and disability access issues. So what uh, we could do a little role play right now, if you want, but how would you talk to your member of Congress um, about this legislation? Are you talking to me? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Clark. I didn't know you were going to put me on the spot. Well, good afternoon, um, Representative Clark. My name is Jane Perry, and I'm from I'm in your district, and I live in Falmouth, Massachusetts. And I really would like to talk about this imperative today: the uh, wellness and tell me the name of it again. I get confused. It's late at night. It's been a dip crazy day. Yep, anyway, no worries. It's the Exercise and Fitness for All Act. Exercise and Equipment for All Act, and I'd like to tell you that. You know, um, people need to be able to be active, stay healthy, and live a long life. And they do that by exercising and making sure that their health is is uh, in check. Most physicians, that's the first thing they ask you is, do you exercise on a regular basis? And uh, I have some other illnesses, and I have to try to exercise every day. And I've been in and out of hospitals and rehab, and... Now I'm trying to get back to going on a regular basis. And we have a brand-new senior center in Falmouth that opened two years ago. And we were looking for a trainer to open our gym, and we couldn't find one. We did find one. And so his is open, but you have to take a class in order to learn how to use the equipment. And they told me, point blank, you have to be able to use the equipment independently. 
And I said, really? I said, I am blind, but I can still be able to get on and off the equipment. I just can't see the dials. And I can't lower up and lower the seat on the bicycle or whatever other equipment. I just need a little bit of help. That's all I'm asking. And I think it's important that someone can help me. And I think it's a reasonable accommodation. So I hope that you will con consider this important legislation and contact Senator Duckworth, who co-sponsored this, co this back last year. And we'd like to get it reintroduced in this Senate, in this session. And we hope that we can ask for your endorsement and your support and even a co-sponsor. We thank you for your time. Thank you for your time for seeing me. If you have any questions, yes, it could be expensive equipment, but it's needed. Everything is expensive. That's the way it is. But I'm sure that there could be a grant that we could find or some sort of funding. And we need to get up and get moving. And uh, I have some information I'd like to leave with you, along with my with my contact information. And I hope you will contact me if you have any questions. And I believe uh, Congressman Delahunt, who is my congressman in the district, uh, can reach me at this information. Again, I thank you for your time. and Thank you for listening. And if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. And you have a great day. Well, thank you, Jane. And you have a great night. That was beautiful. I've done it a couple of times with another organization. so Just once or <laughs> twice, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> It's just late at night. That's all. It's been a long day. Thank sure. you very much. I didn't know it was going to be put on the spot, but anyways. <laughs> you did great. You did awesome. It always go on the fly. <laughs> I learned that having yeah. a vision problem. All right. That clears us. Awesome. Uh, Swatha, any points that you want to reiterate here this evening or the things you heard that really stood out to you? I like the cost aspect of that just really just um hit hard for me. Like it's not it's not expensive to do this and it already exists. So why just it's just a matter of turning it on. So and if I really would like to emphasize that that like you bring it up that you bring it up with your center or presenter that this technology already already exists most likely and just needs to be turned on or need to be activated. So mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, this came up when we were talking about accessible equipment over the summer at our conference and convention in, in Omaha. We got the question of, uh, you know, isn't this equipment expensive? And sure, it, it's expensive if one of us is buying it to put it in our own home, right? Um, we're talking about buying, you know, Swatha buying one elliptical or Clark buying one treadmill. But we're talking about companies and entities with thousands of locations that will be purchasing hundreds and thousands of pieces of equipment. And, and not only one gym or one hotel, but for thousands of locations. Um, this will really drive the cost down and this will make it more advantageous for companies to design with accessibility in mind in the first place. 
So I think one of the things that we'll need to be mindful of, not necessarily for the legislation, but as the once the legislation is passed and the rulemaking is underway, um, you know, we're we're likely not going to get somewhere where all existing equipment would need to be retrofitted. Right. Uh, That would be really expensive to do. But to say that in three years. I don't know, 75 percent, 80%, 100% of equipment needs to be accessible. That's a lot more realistic because then companies can, you know, manufacturers can plan for it. And whether it's a YMCA, a senior center, a university, or an office building or a hotel, they can plan for it as well. Um, and that makes it much more realistic uh, to actually have progress and to see see something like this move forward and get this technology into the market. So we'd also really like to thank everyone who is able to join us here this evening. Thank you to everyone for your questions. And of course, uh, Jane, for just showing us how it's done when talking to a member of Congress and Casey from Michigan. And being able to think and answer the tough questions of what you know once we get this passed, what's next? How how will you and how will your organization um, make sure that folks in the community know that this is available? Um, again, if folks have any questions, you can follow up with Swatha and me by emailing advocacy at acb.org. And and we look forward to continuing our advocacy going forward. Swatha, any final thoughts for the night? No, I think you covered it. Um, just keep advocating. Keep advocating and come back and join us again. We will be doing these community events um, on our remaining three legislative imperatives next week on Monday the 27th, Tuesday the 28th, and Wednesday, March 1st. Yes, all 730 p.m. Eastern. Um, And thank you to our captioner. um, And again, big thank you to the community as well as ACB Media and the tech team um, for helping us make this event and all of these events possible.